This is Radio Energy News. Hi, you're listening to Radio Energy. I'm Sean Gallagher. And I'm Daisy Donaghy. Wherever you are, at work or on the go, we have all the top news stories from Edinburgh on this bright yet windy Wednesday. Our top stories for today. I think it's really unfair that um, we've been made to have to pay for the, the COVID test. Find out the latest COVID updates with interviews from a COVID patient and a nurse. They've not been agile enough in responding to this. They could act quickly to stop the impact on the most disadvantaged. How will rising costs affect living for this new financial year? Are they poor to speak to an economics professor to find out? We can hear all these awful sounds of missiles. My soul is full of sadness and sorrow and uh, grief. Listen to our exclusive interview with a resident of the Kherson region of Ukraine who details life under Russian control. Levels of inflation are reaching record highs in the UK and today's this new start of a financial year, which means some changes will occur to people's finances. This includes increases in council tax and minimum wage. There will also be an increase in national insurance contributions, which can go from £10.80 per month for people earning £20,000 a year to £94.16 per month for people with a salary of more than £100,000 a year. Our reporter, Sam Turnbull, has more on this. Changes to the minimum wage and taxation have been announced today, which is the start of the new financial year. The changes come at a time where inflation is at an all-time high and the cost of living is a concern for many in the UK, especially those on lower incomes. We talked to Cameron Hendry, a Dalry resident who told us his personal situation. As a student, money is everything, so, uh, you know, need as much of it as possible. Well, at the moment I'm part-time, which kind of ties in with my studies. Uh, but if there's, you know, any more of a... A steep increase is what they're saying, um, then I might have to be looking to go full time. And I was especially looking to do that over the summer anyway, where I wasn't studying just because, you know, any extra money would be, you know, very useful to have if these if this is inflation and all that kind of stuff goes too far. And do you get a student loan? Uh, I've got my tuition covered, but I don't get SAS. I think an overall rise of bills would, would definitely affect the area that we live in. Um, just just kind of off Dalry, it's not, you know, a particularly, I wouldn't say well-off area. So I feel like any increase in, in any more money that's coming out is, is going to have a definite effect on the people that live here. There's been an increase of 6% to the minimum wage, but at the same time there has been a rise to national insurance contributions of 1.25%. Those who earn 20,000 a year will now be paying 1080 a month, and those who earn more than 100,000 a year will pay 94 pounds and 16 pence in national insurance contributions. We talked to Ben Adam Alokin, economics professor at Edinburgh Napier University, who told us about why this tax rise is necessary. It's easy for us to say, for instance, the wrong time to be increasing uh, national insurance contribution, you know, among other issues, but. It, we have to recognize that funding the shock of the pandemic, they, they had to cook up money to, uh, to fund purchase of the vaccine. They, they had to fund the, um, the follow schemes. So all of this, you know, puts a hold or dent in, in, in the finances of the government, you know, and we have to feel that home as, uh, as, 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 as a community or as a society, if you may. We also asked him when inflation would decrease and what needs to happen to improve the situation. The supply chain shocks sort of improves. For instance, if there's more semiconductors in the market, if perhaps the war in Ukraine and Russia 
subdues and there's an increase in the production of, of, of oil and gas, then yeah, we should have a reduced level of inflation. The time span, unfortunately, is, is difficult to say because we don't know how things will, will evolve in the coming months also. He also talked about how the government has not handled this problem quickly enough. They've not been agile enough in responding to this. My main concern will be the agility in responding to the challenges, not the, um, the size per se, because I, I know obviously it's, it's limited, but they, they, they could act quickly to sort of mitigate the impact on the most disadvantaged. It's too soon to see the combined impact of the tax increase alongside inflation. Professor Adam Alokin said that he would need to wait for the ONS publication coming out in May, which will include an analysis of the inflation levels combined with this tax rise. That was Sam Turnbull and the cost of living crisis. There has been a new rise in COVID cases over the last few weeks, but despite this, restrictions are changing and reducing. A reporter, Hugh Sloan, spoke with a nurse on the wards and a COVID patient to find out how this will impact both the NHS and those suffering from the virus. Today, 6,000 new cases of COVID-19 were reported, 44 deaths and 24 people in intensive care. Despite the cases starting to fall, COVID-19 is still having an impact, especially for those at high risk, in which any rise in COVID cases can cause concern. The government is still asking those who have symptoms to begin for a PCR test to protect themselves and others. Scotland is currently in a medium level threat, meaning most restrictions have been removed. This for the most vulnerable is a daunting reality. Masks are no longer needed in places of worship and at weddings or funerals. However, it is still being encouraged to wear a face mask in large indoor events. Vaccinations for 5 to 11 year olds have started to take place and will continue in the coming weeks. We spoke to COPD patient Moira Clark, who lives in fear of COVID-19 and how she feels towards the new restrictions. I was diagnosed with COPD 15 years ago. Since then, I've had multiple scares with episodes where I've been close to having pneumonia. When the pandemic hit, I was more afraid of it due to me being more vulnerable. I always wear my mask when I'm out. So the new, the new rule saying the mask mandates have been lifted has given me a fright. I will be wearing mine still, even with my COVID vaccines. I'm not risking it. First Minister Nicola Sturgeon has asked everyone to test twice weekly until Easter. Despite that, from April 18th, the government will no longer be providing free lateral flow testing kit. Some testing kits are already being sold in supermarkets. We spoke with Edinburgh COVID nurse Avon Rieke to find out how having to pay for lateral flow tests will have an impact. I think it's really unfair that um, we're being made to have to pay for the, the COVID tests. I think it's ridiculous. So many patients are complaining that they can see them in Tesco's and they're having to pay for them. I know some workforces are still giving them free, but um, the general public, in my, my experience, are not happy about what's going on with the government. Patients complain to me all the time that um, seeing test kits for £2 in Tesco and Asda, are, it's just unfair. Um, the government wants people to test regularly to protect people and the vulnerable but aren't providing them now. This just is so unfair. I just can't understand why um, this is happening. The government has said on the course of spring we will cautiously move into a low-level threat. Some good news for the public as move into summer and more restrictions are eased. That was Hugh Sloan with the latest on COVID. And now here's Deji Fuller and Joe with the latest local news from the Edinburgh area. Eight boys have been charged in relation to the racial abuse and assault of two adults in the northwest of Edinburgh. The boys aged between 12 and 15 years old were identified following an investigation into the incident which took place at Silvernose Road on Saturday, March the 5th. 
Inspector Johnny Elliott of Drylaw Police Scotland stated they will not tolerate this sort of behaviour and officers left no stone unturned to ensure a positive outcome. Academics and professional service staff have been striking up and down the country following a substantial fall in their wages. Since 2009, university staff salaries have fallen increasingly behind inflation. Last year they were behind by 20%, now this has gone up by nearly 30%. Last week saw the Universities and Colleges Union, or UCU, take the picket lines with Unison on strike this week. We spoke with Grant Cullen, Unison Branch Secretary at Edinburgh Napier University, on the motivation behind their strike. Over the course of, say, the last 10 years, these pay rewards have been coming um, less and less. They've significantly fallen below inflation. The cost of living has been going up every year, and this year it has reached an absolute peak. Over 1,300 new homes are set to be built in West Edinburgh after the Scottish Government gave their final approval for a £500 million housing development. The estate will include over 300 new affordable homes, a new primary school and a nursery. A 48-acre park and a local road and transport improvements are also included in the new development. David Murray, Managing Director of Murray Capital, parent company of the developer Murray Estate, said, the demand for sustainably built family homes in close proximity to the capital is acute and we look forward to commencing the work that will deliver 1,350 much-needed houses, supporting infrastructure and civic amenity. Displaced Ukrainian brewers sent out a cry for help and the response that came back was worldwide. Stuart Lager and Brewery in Edinburgh has a beer based off Ukraine's most loved national dishes. Robbie, the store owner of Café Grande in Brunsfield, shares his side of the story. Um, I thought it was a really good idea once I received the advert from, from Stuart Bruin saying, look, you know, we've made this stuff in support of brews in Ukraine and already got a relationship with Stuart, so it seemed like a no-brainer. The flavour of the beer is actually based on one of the national dishes called borscht, so it's a beetroot-infused ale, which sounded horrible at the start, but now I've tasted it, it's, it's actually really quite nice. Emily is the media correspondent for Stuart Brewery. She tells us more from behind the scenes. It's part of a wider campaign called Drinkers for Ukraine, and the campaign is an initiative of enthusiasts and professionals in the beer industry, including one of the first ever Ukrainians first ever certified in Cicerone. There's also various other people in Ukraine that took part in this, and they basically reached out to brewers and asked people to take part in brewing a beer in solidarity with them. That was Deji, Fuller and Joe with the Edinburgh Local News. Still to come, we have an exclusive interview with a native of Kherson, Ukraine, who describes what life is now like under Russian control. The UK is set to ban conversion therapy, but not for trans people. Our reporter speaks to a member of the trans community as well as the LGBT campaigners and activists to gaze at the action from the government announcement. Plus, here are the latest sports headlines as well as the travel and weather. Merely a few hours ago, the US and its allies have announced a new set of sanctions against Moscow, which include banning sales of Russian coal and the prevention of Russian ships from entering EU ports. The new sanctions are a response to the civilian killings in the Ukrainian town of Bushcha. Our reporter Edgar Baldu has been in contact with a person living in the Kherson region in the south of Ukraine, which is now under Russian control. She asked to remain anonymous for her own security. I want to start by asking what is probably the most important question, which is, how are you doing? Uh, so I'm doing okay now, uh, but uh, but each time we uh, we can hear all these awful sounds of missiles, and uh, our my soul is full of sadness and sorrow, and uh, grief, 
the next thing I would like to ask you is, you probably saw the images of, of Pucha. We saw very hard images there. I would like to ask you, how is the situation right now on your city? My city um, uh, is now is under Russians. Uh, so they are everywhere in all the region, in each uh, villages in the city. Uh, so they installed road borders um, uh, everywhere. Uh, they um, demand documents. So you have to uh, show your documents and then you can go uh, where you want it, uh, where you want to go. Also, they rob um, shops, they rob houses, they rob uh, cars. And could you tell us your daily routine before and after the invasion? Um, so my daily routine before the inv invasion was just uh, like uh, ordinary. Uh, I woke up, I went to work, and then sometimes I went to the gym. After the gym, I worked as a tutor. I had uh, several lessons um, per day. Uh, in my free time, I liked uh, to go on walking and to go on shopping, uh, to meet with my friends. And um, now I, um, my daily routine after the inv invasion, uh, changed a lot uh, so now i um i sit at home i mean i don't leave um, the house and uh, i have uh, remote lessons and 80 percent of my students uh, can't uh, have lessons now uh, because uh, three of my students um their parents were killed are you trying to leave to try to flee to somewhere else mm -hmm. outside Ukraine? Um, I was planning, uh, but uh, now it's uh, almost um, uh, impossible to leave the city uh, because everywhere they, um, they have uh, fights, they, uh, there are um, attacks, missile attacks. So it's very dangerous to leave the city Maybe I am planning to leave the city when it will be a green uh, corridor. There's a lot of fighting back now from Ukrainians. Do you hope that they can take back the city where you are, despite that this mm -hmm. might mean more fighting on the city? Uh, it's a very hard question, I understand, because we don't want to have in my uh, city, uh, just sit just like in Mariupol or Bucha or, or uh, Kharkiv. Um, we, we don't know, we, we really don't know what to expect. That was our reporter, Edgar Bildu, in an exclusive interview for Radio Energy. This June, the UK was set to host its first ever LGBT plus conference. Last night it was cancelled after 100 LGBT plus organisations and charities pulled out of the event. This is because of the UK government's decision to exclude transgender people in its conversion therapy ban, whom they had initially promised to include. Reporter Heather Notman investigates. 
After initially promising a ban on conversion therapy for all members of the LGBT plus community, the government announced that transgender people will be excluded from the legislation. This means that therapy to attempt to choose someone's sexuality will be outlawed, but trying to change someone's gender identity will still be legal. We spoke to Marianne Holt from Terence Higgins Trust, who explains the harmful effects of conversion therapy on trans individuals. The conversion therapy we've seen, um, in Terence Higgins Trust, we've seen the damaging effects that conversion therapy has on people and the mental health impact it has. Um, and we, we see it to be an abuse of human rights. And that's why we think it's important to ban it. All it does is make the individual feel so much worse. The UK's first ever international LGBT plus conference titled Safe to Be Me was scheduled to take place in London this June and was set to include organisations and charities from around the world. However, it was announced yesterday that it has been cancelled after more than half of the groups who were meant to attend have pulled out of the event. Over 100 LGBT plus organisations and charities signed an open letter written by campaign group Stonewall, which said they would not lend their support for the event unless Boris Johnson included transgender people in the ban. The government has justified this decision by saying that this legislation is made to protect under-18s from making life-changing decisions based on gender dysphoria, which may be caused by child sex abuse or bullying. Transgender activist Claire Prochot, head of the Claire's Trans Talks organisation, spoke to us about the way that transgender individuals are being treated by the government. The reason we believe they're doing that is they're trying to drive a wedge between the LGBTQ plus community. So to try and separate the LGB from the team uh, and they're doing that at the behest of the religious right from from people in the religious right communities and the evangelical religious communities um, the far right and um, social conservative communities so people who don't like the fact that lgbt people exist she added that transgender people are the most vulnerable category for conversion therapy practices yeah well the, the, the government's own research into this issue has found that trans people are more than twice as likely to be subjected to conversion practices as gay, lesbian and bisexual people. So we are the most at risk of these type of practices. The ban will only come into effect in England and Wales, with the Scottish Government saying in a statement that their conversion therapy ban, which they aim to have come into effect by the end of 2023, will include all members of the LGBT plus community. Scottish Conservatives are split from the UK government counterparts by supporting the trans-inclusive ban put forward by the SNP Green Coalition. The organisations pulling out of the conference have sent a strong message of unity. Marianne Holt from Terence Trust Higgins. Yeah, we will stand in solidarity with other LGBT and HIV sectors on this. And we stand together and we won't be divided on this. That was Heather Notman speaking with LGBT plus activists on the UK government's stance on conversion therapy. Now, the latest sport highlights on Radio Energy. And now here's Callum McCauley with the latest sport headlines. Edinburgh Rugby has moved from the BT Murrayfield Stadium to their new DAM Health Stadium, which has seen them do very well in a number of competitions this season. Edinburgh, whose next game is against Pau on Friday the 8th of April, are seeking a win in order to secure themselves a home tie in their European Cup quarter-final. Although not confirmed, it is likely that Edinburgh will take on Bath Rugby in the quarter-final, with the potential chance for a home tie advantage. Edinburgh's chances of progressing to the semi-finals are promising and fans are in for a brilliant season end. In December of last year, 
the British Basketball Association, in partnership with Basketball Scotland, announced that the home nation's basketball qualifiers for the Commonwealth Games 2022 would take place in Scotland. The event was then indefinitely postponed due to the resurgence of the COVID-19 variant Omicron. After months of uncertainty, Basketball Scotland announced new dates, including today and the 14th of April. The first game will take place at 6pm tonight at the Inverclyde National Sports Training Centre. It was a successful night in the first leg of the Champions League quarter-finals for English clubs last night. Liverpool recorded a 3-1 victory over Benfica thanks to goals from Ibrahima Kanate, Sadio Mane and Luis Diaz. After their tremendous season so far, this is what manager Jurgen Klopp had to say about the return leg at Anfield. We were in the half-time today, two goals up and we knew it's not over. It's exactly the same information we have now. But now they have come to Anfield and we have to use that. Kevin De Bruyne scored the only goal of the game as Manchester City beat Atletico Madrid 1-0. The second legs will be played next Wednesday, the 13th of April. Chelsea, host Real Madrid and Bayern Munich travel to Villarreal in the other two quarter-finals tonight. 91 hopeful golfers have ascended on Augusta, hoping to be the player lucky enough to wear the famous green jacket come Sunday night. Tiger Woods is said to make his return to golf after a 14-month absence due to life-threatening injuries sustained in a car crash. A golf correspondent, Daniel McGuerty, speaks to Bryce Ritchie, golf reporter for Bunkered, and DC Thompson to further discuss who he thinks will do well. Who's going to be in for a chance of, of wearing the, the famous green jacket for you? I know people always say this, it's... it's they always say about the Open Championship, it's an open, uh, an open, open. There's so many players that could win. DJ Dustin Johnson is the only player in the world's top 10 with a green jacket. He hits at miles. He likes the golf course. He's got a chance. I like Justin Thomas at the moment. I think, as they say, he's trending in the right direction. He's in all top five of the important strokes gained categories with strokes gained total, strokes gained tee to green, strokes gained approach. And he's just spent a couple of days in the company of Tiger, who supposedly was giving him a dissertation on how to play that golf course. I expect Justin Thomas um, to put in a good shift. That was Callum McCauley of the Sports News. And finally, Sean, what day is it today? Can't you tell by the kilt I'm wearing, Daisy? Today is National Tartan Day, North America's celebration of Scottish heritage, which dates back to the 1980s. Scottish Cabinet Secretary Angus Robertson is currently in Canada in honour of Tartan Day and has been attempting to keep Scottish ties with North America strong. A reporter, Sean Barry, headed out onto the streets to experience Edinburgh through the scenes, through the eyes and scenes of a tourist. Tartan Day. First originated in Canada in the 1980s. It is on the date that the Declaration of our Oath was signed in 1320. It gives Canadians who claim Scottish descent a chance to celebrate this Declaration. It is worth noting that Tartan Day is celebrated on different dates depending on the country, which is a bit confusing. In New York City, instead of a Tartan Day, it's a Tartan Week. It's grey. It's rainy, 
and it's about 8 degrees and I'm going to go out on fabled, cobbled streets of Edinburgh asking the public to explain what darting means to them. I'm currently in the National Museum, sheltering from the rain, hoping that there would be some sort of homage to Tartan Day. But I haven't found anything yet. I'm currently in the ancient Scotland section and I am keeping my eyes peeled. Despite it being a Tuesday on a dreary day, the museum is booming and I'm going to try and find some tourists and ask them what comes to mind when you say the word Scotland. Starting, I feel like uh, your eggs with uh, Scottish eggs, special Scottish eggs with meat or something. Scotch yeah. eggs. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. And um, uh, the fearless girl with the red hair from Disney. <laughs> what do you think of when you think of, of Scotland? I think most of it like the nature, the highlands and stuff, um, but also the buildings. Have you seen any tartan on your journeys? Or have you seen any Celts? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah we, we've seen a lot yeah, of them. But yeah. I think it's nice to see how that part of culture is portrayed in, in well, everywhere, because it's almost everywhere. We do have pipe bands, and we, yes. he played, played their pipe. <laughs> so um, in, that, in that sense, he's been really, really familiar. Just reached the top of the Royal Mile, thankfully, and I've come across the Tartan Weaving Mill. I'm sure these guys will be able to point me in the right direction. Here, there was there was Tartan Day. Not a clue. I, I, it's not clear. It was Tartan Day. Seems like these tartan sellers don't actually know about Tartan Day, but shop worker Simon did let me interview customers and flick through the official Tartan registry. So this is like um, the Tartan, the Scottish Register of Tartans. It was set up by the Scottish government to um, register tartans. Every week there's new tartans registered and designed. So what we'll happens sometimes people they'll register a tartan and they'll say like anybody can wear it, and sometimes they'll say it's like my ball and no one else gets to play with it, which is really quite mean. Ask what's brought you here to this this shop. Um, well, oh, okay, well, I, I have Scottish, castle, but... yeah, and I have Scottish ancestry, and so I was curious. Have you found out your clan? Uh, yeah, Russell and Kerr. So are you happy with the, the time? I am. Yeah, <laughs> I am. You would like the Russell one better than the Kerr. Right, but... The other one's a little bit, but this one's nice. I like this one. Great, and it'll make my mum happy. I found all of Timberbush Tours in the shop, who tells me what tourists are looking for in Scotland. I mean, it depends if they've, if they've already got an agenda, for example. People, if they're, if they're a fan of something like Harry Potter, for example, they might specifically want to go and see something like the Glenfinnan Viaduct because it's in the Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, and so they want to go and see that, and they want to, come and see, they want to see the train coming over the bridge. 
just that kind of thing. A lot of the time, though, um, it is that people just want to see the Highlands. You do, you do see it, uh, people from all over the place, but yes, especially America, Canada, places like that, people will have a, a particular interest in a particular clan that they know people have left Scotland at some point and they've descended from people from Scotland at some point. How's, how's business going? It's always amazing. If Tartan Day became more popular than it is currently and became more of an international event, this can only bring good things to the good people of Scotland. Wow, there you have it, folks. Tartan Day is a thing that exists. Who knew? Canadians and Americans, apparently. That's true. And now we do too, thanks to Sean Barry for that unique report. And now for the Savlin weather. Now, the weather on Radio Energy. This afternoon we'll see some windy showers throughout Edinburgh, with sunny spells in between. Areas towards the north of the city will be cloudier and consistent with rain. Wind is expected to increase in the evening, with strong gusts and cold air expected to make way for the infall throughout the night. This is Radio Energy. Travel. Commuters going through Easter Road today should be vigilant and leave plenty of travel time due to a burst water main at Rossi Place causing delays. Temporary traffic lights are currently in place. Also, Duddingston Low Road was reopened at 10am this morning. This follows essential rock management works that saw the road closed since June last year. And that's our show for today. I'm Daisy Donaghy. And I'm Sean Gallagher. Thank you for listening to Radio Energy.